What's happening, podcast listeners? I'm hanging out with Terry Bean on, yep, you guessed it, the Matt Baxter Show with your host, Matt Baxter. Terry Bean is just a special human. I got introduced to him. We hit it off. He's a Michigan man. He's helped rebuild uh, Detroit. He ran TEDx Detroit. He is a leader. He is a coach. He's a, just a, one of the greatest networkers that I have ever known. I mean, that guy uh, knows how to connect the dots between people, uh, whether it's for a friendship, whether it's to build a company together, and, or whether it's just to do business or for any other different reason. He is just a connector, connector, connector. I've had the chance to be on his podcast. We've had the chance to hang out at a, uh, uh, at a couple different concerts. I mean, we, we've become good friends. And Terry's somebody who I truly respect, and he is a great man. So I hope everybody enjoys this podcast and follows along uh, with Terry and all the good things he's got going. Terry, thank you so much for being a guest on this podcast. Matt, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here, bud. I mean, so we, we've, we've, I can honestly say we go, we go a ways back. I mean, it's fun because, um, you know, we've done a Rolling Stone concert together. I've been a guest on your podcast. Uh, we have talked shop about business. We've uh, overlapped in so many different ways. And so, to talk to you on a podcast, number one, is an honor, but to know you as a friend is even more of an honor. So I'm fired up. Well, I think we should spend as much time as possible talking about how cool you are on the off chance your audience hasn't already gleaned that from the 200 plus shows. But, you know, I, we could just gush, man. I'm a, I'm a huge Matt Baxter fan. So I'm just grateful to be here, dude. You're, a, you're an amazing guy, and I'm grateful for our mutual friend that introduced us all those years ago. Well, um, it's taken me 200 episodes, and I don't think any of the fans know that. So thank you for saying that. <laughs> so this will be this will be good. But you know, give me the uh, give me give me the Terry story. What's the background? What led what led you up to today? I mean, obviously, uh, because of our friendship, I can point the conversation a little bit deeper than a lot of my other guests. But give me give me give me the rundown. Give me the life story. So the life story, man. You know, I think I think that there's a handful of pivotal moments in our life, right? And the first one that comes to mind was being 17 years old. And my father saying to me as a junior in high school, hey, I don't know what you're thinking about after high school, but if you want to go to college anywhere in the country, uh, you can pay for that. But if you want to come back from Minnesota, where I'd been living for a few years, if you want to come back to Michigan and go to school anywhere in the state, I'll pick up the tab. And so that was my first uh, my first real big financial financially smart decision. It may have been the last one, Matt, but it was the, the first smart <laughs> the one. The good news is you had one and that's all you need. But sometimes it's the best thing. So that was a, you know, that changed the trajectory of life. Uh, second semester in at Eastern Michigan is I chose there because they had a good business program that was accredited. They have one of the best educational programs. And I always thought I was going to be a teacher or I was going to go into business. At least that's what I thought in high school. And I was taking a psychology class and we were about a month in and I was amazed by psych. I, I dawned on me that I was really fucked up and <laughs> I was like, I got to dive into this. Oh, can I say that on the show? You absolutely can. Of course. Okay. Good, good, good. Just uh, just making sure. Um, yeah. 
it dawned on me that I should probably take a few more classes to figure out what the genesis of this mess really was. And so I, I embarked on a, a degree in psychology. And the beautiful thing was, by the time I had completed the coursework for the major, I had realized that I was not alone. Everybody's pretty fucked up. So that was, that was refreshing. Um, I paired that with a major in communications because I had enough credits left over and figured if I understood how to, uh, how to deal with people, right, from a psychological perspective, and then I understood how to communicate with them from a communications perspective, that would be a really cool, like, back door in the business without having to take an accounting and finance class. Remember I said I made that one good financial decision. <laughs> so that's that's kind of that's kind of where it starts, man. Uh, Eastern was nice enough to give me an, a graduate assistantship. They allowed me to teach public speaking as part of my part of my stipend and part of that whole deal. So it was a trade. You teach the recitation of public speaking and we'll pay for your master's. I'm like, that sounds like a good deal to me. And I got to try out a career for free as a 22 year old. Believe me, nobody wanted me as a 22 year old teaching them anything, but you know, it got better. Um, so I enjoyed that. I didn't do it for the second year because I was like, you know, this isn't really my bag. And I, I ended up getting married, moved to Columbus, Ohio, lived there for a handful of years and started my career in sales, technology sales at, at first, and then really moved into the technical recruiting space. So, you know, got to got to understand some of those some of those knots that you untangle on a, regu a regular basis. I love the cheap plug. Well done. You like that? <laughs> I, like, I like that. That's That was not only just like sometimes cheap plugs from friends are way not subtle. That was like smooth, subtle, mixed in about five. Oh, that was so good. I was, it was almost, uh, you know, it almost sounded intentional, but wasn't. <laughs> and so... That's the part that's really, really important. Like you have these things running in the back of your mind, but you know, there's nothing on paper here, right? But you got these knots don't untangle themselves, Matt Baxter. You know that. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So um, it was a that was a fun that was a fun spot, man. And so between the recruiting and the bartending and bouncing that I did while in college. I got like super firsthand experience uh, at the human condition, right? Some of it not in the highlight of the human condition, but certainly the human condition. And so that was all well and good. I lost about 145 pounds in 2000. That's my cheap way of saying I got divorced. And uh, <laughs> I, moved back, I moved back to Michigan. And uh, I've been here in the Detroit area for the last 22 years. While in Columbus, I was really instrumental in helping grow this business networking organization. And I had an affinity for helping others, for being of service, for listening, for creating referrals and opportunities for other people. And I said, you know, what if we took some of the best things that happen in those face-to-face -face networking groups and combine those with some of the cool things that were starting to happen on LinkedIn. And back in 2006, I created Motor City Connect, which is a large business networking organization that frankly is kind of defunct now since the pandemic. 
and I'm it's it kind of cool to be out of it. It was fun to innovate and be on the cutting edge of building that hybrid networking model. But like all things that you do from a gifts of service perspective, at some point people start asking you, how, uh, how are you monetizing this? How are you making money? You know, and I, I wasn't Mark Zuckerberg and I wasn't as smart as he was. And I, I was making money by training people how to use LinkedIn and Facebook and Twitter and then surprised when Motor City Connect wasn't growing the way I wanted it to. It was uh, I, I should have tripled down on what I was doing, but that's not who I am. man. my ability to give and serve others was far more important. I used to tell people Motor City Connect is my gift. It's not my it's not my business. And it proved that financially time and time again. So. You know, it's make money through the network, not to the network, right? So it was cool, man. It spawned TEDx Detroit. We're in our 14th year of that lovely event. And now I get to run around and stand on stages and tell people things on how to improve human potential. And I do that keynotes and training and coaching. And, you know, I live a lovely little life as a result of these things, man. Well, I mean, your story uh, just it, it makes all the sense in the world why you are the way you are in the, in the coolest way possible. The the one thing I want to double I want to double click on. So when, when you first talked about like sort of exploring the idea of you being fucked up, right? The yeah. fact that you are self-aware enough to at least ask the question to say, I know I'm messed up, but I want to figure out why. Like what? And, and you don't have to necessarily go into anything that's too personal or too. But like. What made you at least start to first ask that question? Because that, like, that in and of itself is pretty far along than what most people are used to, or at least what most people do. You know, it was it was my belief system, right? And it was the 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 desire versus the action versus the accountability. And I got I got really fortunate, man. I was twenty one years old. I was in a comparative religion class. I was dating a girl who I often refer to as very hooey Jewy because uh, <laughs> she was I mean, she had done like astro projectile. And back in the early 90s, that was like, I'm sorry, can you explain that in more words? Because I don't get that at all. Yep. Um, but she was super, you know, new age thinking. And she told me, you have to read this book. And I said, "Mm -hmm, sure, baby, I'll get right on that. Yeah, let's let's read the book or I have other ideas of things we could do. (laughs) And like the very next day, I was standing uh, working at the bar and the guy that I bartended with was the president of his fraternity at U of M. He was on the weightlifting team. He was pre-law. They couldn't have been more polar opposite. And he said, hey, man, you have to read this book. And it was the same damn book. And the book was called Illusions by Richard Bach. And it really set me on a path that blew my mind, right? In terms of who we actually are versus who we've been taught that we are. And so between those couple of things and and just kind of taking the deep dive into you know, you're super sarcastic. I was always happy, man. I was always in a pretty good mood. And I, you know, I let things roll off. I've always been laid back and other people might tell you I was cool. Um, But something just like internally 
didn't feel right. And maybe it's because I was adopted and maybe because of my parents split up when I was four. But I wanted to I wanted to dig in deeper to the human condition. And that's psychology allowed me to do that. And it bums me out that I'm, you know, 30 years older than I could be, because, you know, what they're studying and learning now about the brain in particular is so much farther advanced than what I was studying at that time. But you know what? It's it's pretty cool, man. And and thank you for saying that. Awareness is a uh, is and has been a very big part of my life for a really long time. In fact, one of my one of my favorite talks to give is about our awareness quotient. Right? We know about our IQ, we know about our EQ, but we really should be looking at our uh, our AQ. You know, not only are we aware of what's going on inside of us. But are others aware of who we are and what we do, right? So there's an internal awareness and an external awareness. It's one of the things that I think makes you such a remarkable connector because there, like, and 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 um, I think you and I can poke fun at this. There are like networking groups. There are, and I I don't mean to call it the brand mastermind, but basically like those sort of groups that like. A lot of people kind of go into it saying, oh, you're in business, you're in business, you should talk. And it's like, all right, what does that actually mean? But one of the amazing things about you being a connector is there's like, a, a, it goes hand in hand with the awareness component where it's like, I know that there's the initial reason why you two should connect. Let's say it's, you know, wedge and a recruiter, right? Or an HR manager. But then you're intuitive enough or aware enough that it's like, there's that, but then there's also 13,000 things beneath that that are just as important, if not more important, which makes for such solid, amazing relationships to be built, which is one of the coolest things. And that's where like, I think genuine connectors aren't the people who say, oh, you work in HR, you own an HR company, you guys should talk. But it's like, there's a much deeper layer to the reason why people should communicate. And I think you're, you're very good at spotting that. I appreciate that, man. And it, it, it's tied to that awareness piece for sure. And I also I, I, I like to think it has something to do with the ability to listen, pay attention and give a shit. Yep. Right. And I this is the last part. <laughs> yeah, it's I, I think, you know, I think there's an interesting trifecta there, you know, and you have to throw ask good questions in. Right. Because I don't I think that's a skill that's highly underrated like listening is. But man, that that caring piece is is such a big one. And I don't mean caring for how is it going to help? How is it going to help me? But I mean, like, how is it going to improve others? Right. That's that's a piece that matters so much. I love it. I love it. So between all your um, between basically the impact of like I, I, I'm going to be serious. You, you had a heavy hand in some of the revitalization, quote unquote, of Detroit and um, and, and, you know, from an outsider perspective, I, I mean that in the most positive way possible. You uh, connected the dots for startups, you connected investors, you connected new companies. So in all that, what do you think was the most, um, I'm going to say generationally impactful uh, project, company, uh, thing that you had involvement in for the community? And what was the most impactful for you personally? I think, uh, you know, and it's funny because I downplay the the effect of what Motor City Connect did a lot. But I, I think that's kind of the answer for both of those questions. You know, as I, I think about it, I wouldn't have been on any stages probably 
had one of the people in a Motor City Connect meeting not said, Automation Alley is doing an event on networking. They asked for a speaker, and we can't think of anyone better than you. And that was back in 2007 timeline. Uh, and I think about just the, the you know, the small things where, uh, you know, we're at a restaurant and the waiter's talking about how he needs to stop waiting tables and wants to work in sales. And you stop the meeting so you can call the guy named Tim who owns a tech company who was looking for someone in sales. And you put the waiter on the phone in the middle of the meeting. And next thing you know, he's calling you and thanking you because he got the job. And Tim's super excited, too. Uh, you know, but large scale stuff, man, I, TEDx Detroit is, is certainly an outcome. You know, the, the largest one we've done to date had about 3,500 people sitting in the audience. That's insane. And that's a platform that may have happened, but without the reach and the influence that Motor City Connect created prior to that, I don't know that it happens. And it certainly doesn't happen at that level, right? The doors that we were able to open as a result. So I, those things are probably part and parcel to it. That's a great question. And, you know, damn it, I'm going to be thinking about that. And I'll, I'll call you tomorrow and I'll be like, holy shit, I can't believe I didn't tell you about this. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. It's <clears throat> your answer was perfect. Um, so you, you've seen <clears throat> between I mean, let's let's say between the, 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 the master of connections, between all the different people you have connected with um, business owners, people struggling, people thriving, uh, entrepreneurs, finance, I mean, the, the, the gamut. What's something that like for 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 people that just kind of have it? What's what's something that you've seen time and time again that's common thread among the people that 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 are the world changers, people that you, you think kind of have it, right? What 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 is that quality or two or something that you've seen as a similar theme among them? It's the belief, man. It's straight up belief system. You know, there's that old line that entrepreneurs uh, tend to see a better way that the world can be, and they have the belief that they can actually change it. Um, so belief plus drive to do the thing every single day. Consistency is such a game changer, right? Once we get big mo on our bench, momentum, uh, you know, you can actually roll through the bad times a lot easier than when you have no momentum. And momentum shows up when you do the right things over and over again. And those folks that are making changes and making waves and the people we're reading about and listening to absolutely take those things to heart. I dig that. I dig that. Um, so you get a chance to uh, get up on stage and, you know, deliver, deliver, deliver a strong message. What's the um, what's the small impact you're trying to have when you stand up on stage and what's the big big impact the the small impact is i want to make sure that the time we spend together is valuable i i joke about it all the time right my 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 mantra for speaking is i want to be an inspiregitating speaker i want to inspire you i want to educate you and i want to entertain you that's like the speaking version of like the dish turducken that's like chicken, duck, and, and, and turkey all in one or whatever. <laughs> that is such a great John Madden callback, man. 
That's fantastic. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what it is. Uh, and I think the I think the larger impact is I want to hold a mirror up to the people that are in the audience, and I want them to be able to see the best version of themselves, and and maybe the current version of themselves, so they can understand the gap. Because quite frankly, change is only going to happen inside of and because of each one of us. Right. So if you're not impacting people on a, you can certainly do it at a group level, but if you're not doing it the one to one level, it, it doesn't last. It doesn't matter. Right. It's real easy to get up and do a motivational talk for 30 minutes and everybody's super excited. But tomorrow they got to go back to their life. Right. So how do you how do you help them want that change from inside out as opposed to outside in? You know, it's it's funny. Um, I just uh, I just uh, got a new set of razors, and one of the razors fell off as I was trimming my beard, and I'm now stuck with a, a mustache due to the fact that I might have trimmed a little bit shorter. And you look at yourself in, your, in the mirror, and I'm like, oh wait, I'm like 10, 15, 20 pounds heavier than I should be, right? And then you have that moment where there's like a short term, like call it regret or short term, like reflection, where it's like. Ah, man, think about all the decisions, small decisions I made that led up to me being, you know, chubbier, fattier, a little bit heavier than I should be. Right. And then it, it for a lot of people, it's a crippling thing. Right. And it causes them like, ah, now I'm depressed. I'm disappointed. I'm upset with myself, whatever it is. And something that I've found is the difference between like call it the ballers of the world, the people who we all look up to are simply the, not the people who didn't have the life choices that led them to a bad circumstance, not coming from a bad circumstance, not unfortunate things happen, but it's the people who say, what's in my control now is the next step that I take to do something that can impact my life for the better. And it's, it, I've just been kind of reflecting on, on moments like that, where it's like, it's not a matter of, oh, you're disappointed with the decisions I've made, like the mirror, mirror in the room, because what you just alluded to is sometimes people need to just look at the current situation they're in and they need to realize like, this is where I am. I can't change it. This is what it is. Like, I can't change what, what got me here, but I am here right now. Now I can change how the future holds. And I think that's such a big difference of like, I don't know, the world changes versus the non. It's 100% it, right? I, I just made a post yesterday on LinkedIn, and it said something to the effect of life is nothing more than a series of pats on the head and kicks in the proverbial nuts. The key to a life well lived is how you respond to each. And it's it. That's the only thing we have the ability to control. We're not going to control the situation, but we can respond to how or how we, we can control how we respond to the situation. And that's the, the, the accountability is a really big driver for me. And I... It, I used to be a total yes guy. Um, yep, yep, mm -hmm, yep, I'm going to, yep, no problem, yep, no problem. And then I found myself not delivering on some of the things that I said I was going to do. And in, in my world, my definition of integrity is simply do what you said you would do. And the best way for me to get back into integrity was to stop saying yes to so many things. Did we, We've never had this conversation, have we? I don't think so. Because I, I, uh, it's funny, I have put together a talk in my head around 
there are three types of people in the world. There are the people who say, I'm going to do it, and they don't do it. There are people who say, I'm going to do it, and they do it. And then the world changer, the people who say, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do a little bit more. And yeah. sometimes in life, really, 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 really good is just doing, I said I'm going to do it, I'm going to get it done. And there are seasons with that, right? But the people who are the, the, the changers who are, hey, I'm going to do it, and I just did a slight bit more. And that's, that's it. That, there's nothing else to it. And so you bringing up integrity is, I said I'm going to do it, and I did it. Whatever it may be, and that's the funny part. It wasn't, I said I'm going to run a marathon today. No, no, no. I said I was going to do one push-up today, and I did it. And tomorrow I'm going to do one push-up today, and I did it, right? That's integrity. So I, I love, and I also can relate so much to the fact of like, what, what keeps me up so many nights or like having bad sleep is all of the things that I said yes to that I know I didn't do. And that kills me because it's like you're now no longer being a person of integrity. And part of that's just stop saying yes to so much. It's not that hard, but it, I, 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 I don't love that we can relate to that, but I can certainly agree in the fact that uh, I, I'm right there with you. It's the challenge, right? When you're when you're built as a people pleaser, when you're built as a giver, it's really hard to tell somebody no, especially when you get the sense that they really want that from you. But honest to God, man, I remember I remember the 10 years ago, 11 years ago around New Year's tweeting that my, you know, my big change for 2012, I think it was, maybe 2011 was I'm going to be more jealous of my time. And Chris Brogan, who at the time was still like the social media rock star, not that Gary Vee wasn't out, but Chris had a Chris had a pretty heavy hand in the early days of social media. He, he quoted it, retweeted it and said, this is exactly on my list, you know, and it's it's so it's so funny because, you know, we just let so many minutes slip away. And as you know, the only currency we can't make more of is time. That's right. That's right. I dig it. So, Terry, for uh, if you got to choose, you know, let's say 100 years from now, um, somebody who you had interacted with, whether it was for 10 minutes or, you know, 10, 10 years, said, Terry did blank for me. What would you want that blank to be? I think the answer to that is just the help me see me in a different light, right? In a more positive light, in a gave me gave me control uh, that I thought I didn't have, right? And it's not like I said earlier, you don't control much, right? But when we focus on the things that we can control, it's a game changer, man. I, I love the people. You know, I've got some clients that are like, you know, I'm not on Facebook. And I'm like, yeah, I'm super jealous of you because you're not on Facebook. You didn't get sucked into that mess, you know, or folks that don't do social media because they know it's a waste of their particular time. And if they need it for their branding, they'll hire somebody to do it. So they're not bogged down with it. Um, I just I love people that that are really intentional about about their lives so helping folks get more intentional about what really matters to them uh that's that would be that would be really cool i like that i like that so right now who do you serve i mean obviously you've got an amazing 
amazing network of folks that you put together um, some some big time events uh, that obviously are going to continue on um, and and they're amazing. But for, for you, who's kind of like the day to day people you're working with? Uh, most of my clients are small business owners in the you know either in the technology or services space. Um, I spend some time serving people that are in human resources. I spend some time serving people that are in the event space and in in the training world. So those are those are my clients. You know, I, I think about the financial planner and the staffing company and the insurance company and the VoIP company. All those guys that I'm working with at at this exact moment in the mortgage space. Sorry, Jeff. Um, You know, and it's those are those are people. They're they're all folks that want to position themselves as a thought leader in their space and get their get more well known for who they are. And evidently, I without really trying, Matt, I kind of built a roadmap on how to do that. And so at one point I was like, Hey, maybe I should build an actual roadmap and how to do this for other people. So it's kind of, it's kind of a cool thing, but yeah, that's small, small business. I don't, you know, small business is such a nebulous term. You know, I don't have any clients that aside from training clients that have over a hundred people in them, you know, I'm not, I'm not working with fortune 500 again, outside of training. Uh, you know, but coaching and, and some of the speaking stuff is all really, you know, one to smallish 25 to 50 people. I love it. I love it. We'll make sure to obviously include contact info and stuff like that, uh, for people to reach out. Cause obviously there's some audience members that I think would have some interest in that, but, um, and, and you, you know, this, my, my, my favorite question on the planet is, uh, what gets you out of bed in the morning? So for Terry, obviously the impact that you've had, what's, uh, what is it that drives you? I that's you know what if you ask me to sum it up in a word, it's that it's impact, right? It's how do you how do you move people forward, right? And I look at I look at where we are as a society, man. And you know, I joke about this from time to time. I don't actually like people, right? As a as a whole, I, I I'm disturbed by us in our decisions and how we behave and what we do and what matters and what doesn't matter. You know, the fact that Honey Boo Boo and the Kardashians spend as much time, uh, you know, in prominent positions in our lives makes me want to stab myself in the eye with a pen, man. No, no slight on anybody. I watch stupid stuff. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm a huge Simpsons fan. You can catch me watching wrestling on Mondays once in a while. And those things and not the Simpsons, but wrestling certainly embarrasses me. Um, but it's that it's the ability to get us like from the spot where we are, which, you know, 15 years ago in the Detroit area, the thing that drove me nuts was everything was so siloed. We had two mentalities here that were really pervasive. One was, that's not my job. And I associate that with the unions being very clear on what someone's job is or isn't. And the other thing is, is I can't tell you that it's a, it's a secret. It's, you're going to take our competitive advantage. I'm a heart led individual, man, not a, not as much a mind led, but a heart led. And like, to me, 
the idea of open source coding was like my favorite thing on the planet for a while because it's like, hey, I figured out a better mousetrap and here it is. You know, I, I love that. And I would like to see more heart in the boardroom, right? I don't want to look at spreadsheets. I want to look at who you are as an individual and what are the tangible things you bring to the organization or the intangible things that you bring to the organization, the things that don't fill out in an Excel sheet. And so that's, those things are important, man. I love it. I love it. Well, Terry, <clears throat> thank you for the impact. And I'm uh, obviously we've got many, 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 many more conversations to have, which I'm fired up by, but seriously, the impact that you have on people and the heart that you have for people and the connections that you've made uh, in, in, in my life, I, I just can't thank you enough. So, um, anything else you want to leave the audience with? Uh, you know, go out and, and be better, right? That's it. Figure out what, what is going to make you better tomorrow and next week and next month and next year and, and keep striving toward it. And if you don't know what that looks like, you know, figure out what you don't like and do the opposite of that. That's sometimes a really good starting point. I don't want this anymore at all. All right, well, what's the opposite of that? Okay, now I have an idea of what I do want. That'll get you closer than, than where you might be today. I dig it. It's so good. Well, Terry, thank you so much for being a guest on this podcast. You're a good man. Appreciate you. I appreciate you, dude. I'm excited about this. Thank you for having me. And uh, if I can ever do anything for you, Matt Baxter, you you know my number, dude. Give me a call. Love it. Thank you, sir. All right, brother. Be well. You just listened to an amazing episode on the Matt Baxter Show. It had nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with the guests that I have and the stories that we get to tell and the smack talking we get to have. So if you enjoyed this episode or any of the other episodes that you've listened to, feel free to su subscribe on Apple Music, Spotify, or anywhere else you get your podcast. Check us out at themattbaxtershow.com. You can also follow me on Instagram at Matt C. Baxter, Twitter, or Facebook as well, too. Uh, I'd love to hear from you, whether it's through an email on the website or whether it's through any of the social platforms. I do my best to get back to people as soon as I can. But thank you again for listening. I hope you enjoy. Feel free to send feedback in any way. And don't be afraid to share the Map Baxter Show. We're very excited to have you as a listener and hope you continue to listen as well. Thanks a ton. Bye-bye.